The show you love with even more local, local news and more local talk. talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And a good Wednesday afternoon to you, the the day after the primaries here on Power Talk 1360. KFIV, Mike Douglas with you, your concierge for conversation as we navigate through the tumultuous waters uh, of California. Have you recovered from last night, from the primaries? Did you, uh, did you vote? Uh, if you didn't, I'd be interested in, in knowing why not, and, and it's not. Uh, in in terms of criticizing you, if if you didn't vote, I, I really would like to know uh, why, and I'm I'm serious about that. I think one of the important things we need to do is is listen to each other, and in fact, uh, I had uh, some dynamics at a meeting I was at earlier today where it's important for us to hear other people without immediately becoming defensive simply to hear where they're at, why they're there, and to just receive it. Say, okay, don't initially have to agree with it or disagree, but it's important, I think, to listen to other people and be curious as to why they believe what they believe and what they're thinking. Because through that process, we then are, are able to expand our own definition of what we believe and why we believe it, and uh, I find from time to time that someone with an opposing point of view will tell me something that I hadn't thought of before, that I need to at least mull over, if not something that might expand uh, my view on things as well. So two questions for you. How are you doing after last night? How are you feeling? Are you feeling discouraged, jubilant, somewhere in between, weary, and uh, if you didn't vote, uh, I really would like to know why. Uh, our number here, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. I will answer part of my own question very quickly. I'm a bit weary, <clears throat> and it's not just because, that, by the way, we had a wonderful uh, time last night uh, with extended coverage from 7 to 9 p.m. I hope you were able to join us for that. Uh, some some great commentary there watching what was going on. And so it's not a physical weariness. It's a, um, it, it, it's a weariness of the mind. And, and I, I'm longing for the body politic to simply say what they mean. I may not live long enough to hear that. To to simply be truthful. And 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 spin is not truth. Spin is, or if it's multiple cases, are half truths, which are not truths. And uh, so much spin going on. I by the way, that I was watching. Uh, I think it was an interview with Tucker Carlson, and he was interviewing Douglas Murray the other night. Douglas Murray is a, a British author and, and commentator, very intelligent guy. And I don't know about you, of course, any time with a, anybody with a British accent speaks on something, for some reason the British accent tends to lend more credibility to it for some reason. But anyway, I, I think he's a very bright guy. 
and may not agree with everything that he says, but he, he, he offered this interesting quote. Might put this in your memory banks to think out about for a little bit. Douglas Murray said, quote, you either speak the truth or you grow to despise yourself. Hmm. <clears throat> Had to think about that for a little bit. You either speak the truth or you grow to despise yourself. That, that, bears, uh, that bears some cogitation, I think. Uh, so part of my weariness, <clears throat> again, is, is the general palaver from politicians. Uh, apparently, after last night, as we know, uh, Governor Newsom, uh, not surprisingly, uh, came out number one last night in the, <clears throat> in the race for governor. And uh, number two is Republican Brian Adali. And apparently today, Governor Newsom sent out this email uh, referring to Brian Daly. He said, here are the facts on Brian. He refuses to say Trump lost and called California Trump country. He gets an A rating from the NRA, is against an assault weapons ban and red flag laws. He is 100% pro-life with no exceptions for rape or incest even. And you can believe he stood side by side with anti-vaxxers and anti-science elements of the far right during the pandemic. And the email from uh, either Gavin Newsom or his his team says, here is the truth. Hmm. We must, in capitals, take this election seriously. The last thing we can afford is to get caught sleeping during a difficult year for Democrats. So please help Gavin start the general election strong. So those are the words of wisdom from the, uh, from the Newsom team. Uh, another uh, development last night that I, I think is very important. And you may think, well, Mike, that's a little blip on the radar screen. Uh, I think it's significant. And that, of course, in San Francisco, voters there successfully recalled District Attorney Chesa Bodine. He's 41 years old, been in the office since 2019, and uh, is known for being very light on his prosecution of those who break the law. And uh, last night, he told his supporters that he was very proud of what he had accomplished. Now, let me tell you why we've already won, folks. We have already won because we are part of a national movement that recognizes we can never incarcerate our way out of poverty. Uh, Well, I agree with that. We can never incarcerate ourselves out of poverty. Poverty is not the reason to incarcerate people. You, You see, there's... You see the confusion, and it's intentional. He's a bright guy. He's an attorney, after all. He's a district attorney. He's a bright guy. He has good brain power. And so it's no accidental uh, statement. And if you recall, last night, the voters in San Francisco, uh, the recall measure was known as uh, proposition. I almost said preposition or, uh, uh, you know, the other H. Uh, Proposition H, not preparation H. Proposition H had the support of nearly 60% of voters in San Francisco. That's significant. 60% of voters 
with only 40% voting not to recall Mr. Bodine. I think he tends to be tone deaf uh, to the reasons people voted to recall him. Now, if I was a, a DA and people voted to recall me, I, I might want to do some self-introspection and think about why. Why do so many people in my area want me out? I'm not sure that he's hearing that. The right-wing billionaires outspent us three to one. They exploited an environment in which people are appropriately upset. And they created an electoral dynamic where we were literally shadow boxing. So there's absolutely no ownership by Mr. Bodine over why he was recalled last night. Now, you may say, well, Mike, you can't expect him to admit that. Real men do that. Real women do that. Real people, honest people, admit their failures, they own their stuff, and they do what they can to improve their lives and the way they conduct themselves based upon the information that they receive from others. Now, we don't allow others to dictate. Uh, that, that becomes uh, an area of codependency. We don't allow others to dictate what we feel or what we think, but we take information and we think about it. And I'm wondering if all of the information that has come out uh, in this recall movement, if, if nothing sunk in, did nothing? Are, are we just going to are are we just going to blame right wing billionaires? Really? How, how about owning some of it? If if Chesa Bodine steps up to the microphone in front of the press and says, "Yeah, I was light on many criminals. Uh, I, I hear what you're saying. I think part of what you're saying is true. I disagree with other." things that you're saying about me. But but no, none of that at all. Which leads to a character flaw. And I, I think that's why a lot of people in the San Francisco area, 60% of the voters anyway, voted to say, nope, we're done with you as DA. So what happens now? San Francisco Mayor London Breed gets to select a replacement. And no, she cannot name him as the replacement uh, because the measure uh, bars her from doing that. Uh, measure uh, H there, Proposition H. So there we go. <clears throat> I uh, Again, I wish, I wish, I wish we would have more leaders in the political arena, arena just speak truth. Again, I don't know if I'll live long enough to hear that. I'll tell you one person you can hear truth from, especially when it has to do with real estate. And he would tell you Modesto home prices in our area keep rising, inventories low, but interest rate hikes mean price fluctuations. So selling your home now with an aggressive, experienced agent may be the right move to maximize your equity. I think it may be. Are you worried about costly repairs or upgrades needed to sell your home? Well, call the agent I trust and I recommend. Call Dan Phipps. Dan's proprietary marketing system guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value, or he'll sell it for free. 
His home selling programs designed to maximize your sales price. You're in complete control. No costly repairs required. No long-term contracts. And you pick your move date. Dan can even find you a new home before you move. Keith and Tanya in Oakdale had experience with Dan. They tell us the mental and physical toll of a long commute was really doing them in. It was time to sell, move closer no matter what. And they didn't think they had enough equity to afford a home closer to work. But Dan Phipps heard their story and immediately set some high expectations. In fact, Dan wound up selling their home for thousands more than even his high expectation initial price. And by the way, Keith and Tanya are now in a brand new home, much closer to work thanks to Dan. So call Dan Phipps. Dan's the man I recommend. I'd hired him to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours or it's sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111 or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S.com. Your reactions to last night, how you're doing after the election uh, last night, we'd love to know. 209-551-3483. We'll be back in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A pastor with passion. A minister with manners. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this uh, Wednesday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Live and local we are, and we want to make sure your voice is heard here at 209-551-3483 here on the Mike Douglas Show. And that's why we're here, to give you that opportunity to make sure that your concerns, your voice is heard in the mix. Live and local, Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 p.m. Here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Well, let's go to the phones, find out what you're thinking about today after the uh, election last night, the election results. How are you doing? 209-551-3483. And to Modesto we go. And Penny, hi, Penny. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, I'm going to take the plunge and give you my opinions as a voter. Um, I thought the ballot was very complicated mm. with all the names, both Republican, Democrats. Most of them I didn't even know. I, I did vote. I spent a long time on it. Um, I assume that the top two people that uh, got the most votes will go against each other in November. Uh, in almost all of the races, yes. It, it does not apply, I don't believe, to the um, uh, uh, public instruction, the, the superintendent, state superintendent of schools, uh, but to most of the rest, yes. It's the, the top two, regardless of party. Well, I pulled up a printout from the Modesto B, and it showed um, the votes and the percentages and things, and I looked at the top two in a lot of the races, there was a Democrat and a Republican. I thought that was positive because it, it, because it could have been two Democrats, two Republicans going, you know, on top. And I thought at least they had a chance. Um, it was, I, I guess, sparsely voted um, election. And... All these people that had small percentages on the races, um, they will be eliminated. So it will be the top two. 
And it, yesterday, it was, I think you said it was 18%, something like that, voted. But with the, the main election, that will bring a big percentage of people coming back um, to vote. It's going to be a lot easier than with all these names. And I think people will be more focused. So I was happy to see that the Republicans and the Democrats both have a chance. And I think that's a positive note. And there's a lot of time between now and November. And I think now is the time to really start promoting people so people know their names, know who they are, and really um, make a difference in November. Penny, I think you make an astute observation, and uh, I believe a, a lot of people probably share your observation. So many, for governor, uh, you know, the, the, the myriad of, of names, and uh, even in some of the other offices as well, and I, I can hear you, I hear you about that being somewhat confusing. And I think a, a, another point of confusion, Penny, was the redrawing of, uh, for example, the congressional districts. Uh, I'm not sure that people understood they're now in a different district and uh, all the dynamics that are involved in there. But I, I think you have a valid point that with this current system we have, and by the way, Penny, it's the people of California, oddly enough, that voted for this system, this open primary system, uh, in 2011, I, I believe. And it, it's not one that I'm, I'm really uh, in favor of because I, I think it tends to favor whoever has the most power in, in Sacramento at the moment. However, you also made the observation that in many of these areas it wound up uh, being a, a, a Democrat and a Republican uh, that will be running against each other uh, coming up in the uh, uh, election coming up on November 8th. Uh, on the midterms. So I, I think, uh, you know, you have to make a valid point there. I was glad to see that as well. And, and there are some areas where you do have, uh, um, for example, both, uh, both maybe uh, Democrats and such, but looking at a lot of these, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that, uh, maybe the system is, is valid. Uh, but Penny, uh, yeah, great, uh, great remarks. So let me just ask you a quick question before we let you go. Are, are you glad you cast your vote? yesterday are you glad you casted your vote definitely i'm very happy good for you um because to do nothing then you don't you don't have a voice so it makes me happy to at least you know get my opinion in absolutely penny thanks so much so you you well articulated your points thank you very much good call penny uh penny from modesto and and she was talking about uh, the uh, the returns is very interesting, and uh, we'll we'll be uh, talking with uh, Richard Pombo, uh, Congressman Richard Pombo, in about ten minutes or so, and I'm going to ask him some questions about uh, the percentages of people who are voting, and also get his reactions. He did a great job with us last night, but I'm looking at some of the stats here. Uh, very interesting. Uh, in, when you look at the ballots mailed to Democrats and the ballots returned by Democrats in California, there was only about a 21% return of Democrats, 21% of them returning their ballots. Republicans, about 22% 
a 1% higher. I find that fascinating. Now, what you have to remember is looking at those stats, there are over 10,000 registered Democrats and uh, just over 5,000 Republicans, registered Republicans. So you have to figure that into the mix. Uh, So overall, though, uh, Democrats uh, had, let's see, 50... 2% of the overall share of ballots returned last night. Republicans had uh, 28%. That's quite a difference, isn't it? 52% of Democrats and uh, 28% 28 of Republicans uh, returning their uh, ballots in total. Uh, And if you're asking about what about independents and such, about uh, a quarter, about, well, not quite, uh, about 21%. All right, we'll continue the conversation with Congressman Richard uh, Pombo coming up in five minutes on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show, on air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation on this fine Wednesday afternoon, the day after the primaries, yesterday on June 7. And we're asking the question, how are you doing? How are you reacting to that? And to help us process through that is Congressman Richard Pombo. And uh, as we begin, Richard, first of all, thank you for joining us last night. You just did an excellent job as a, as a commentator and analyst for that. That, and uh, I hope you've recovered from last night. <laughs> he had no problem. I enjoyed <laughs> being there. Uh, you did a wonderful job and, and always appreciate you uh, joining us. Um, Richard, uh, we had a caller a couple of minutes ago, Penny, making making the observation that, gee, it, it seemed to her that the ballot was just plain old confusing in, in some ways, but, but she plowed through it, did her best, and uh, and cast the vote uh, cast the vote anyway. I'm looking at um, the demographics of voters, Richard. I'd like to get your input on this because uh, in, in the age uh, range of 65 years and up, uh, about 49 percent of those uh, voting uh, yesterday. When we get down to the next age group, 50 to 64, about 26 percent. And then, very interesting enough, the 35 to 49 age group, only 15% uh, returns, 18 to 34, only 11%. I don't know about you, I, that, I'm, I'm discouraged by that in, in many ways as uh, someone who's run for office successfully and, and has been in Congress what do those numbers mean to you in terms of what we need to do or maybe aren't doing in, in terms of engaging younger voters? Well, in terms of the turnout, I think the percentages overall are, are pretty consistent. You know, older people tend to, to vote uh, and Historically, the younger you are, the lower the turnout is. But having said that, I'm quite frankly appalled at 
the overall numbers in in terms of voter turnout uh right now as we speak the Secretary of State and the San Joaquin County Registrar of Voters show that the turnout in San Joaquin County is a little over 5%, which I I can't believe that's accurate. There's got to be something else that's going on that's going to move that number because to only have 5% of the people eligible to vote to actually vote uh, that that is a you know you talk about a threat to our democracy that's the worst possible outcome you could possibly have is to to have five percent of the people actually vote that i mean you have a higher percentage of people in in iran show up to vote <laughs> than that well, and I think statewide, uh, Richard, we, I've heard different reports somewhere between eighteen and and twenty percent, and that. But but you say that that may be somewhat That's typical. Still horrible. Right? Well, I agree. Yeah. I, I just I, I can't believe that. I mean, it. Okay, there were a lot of people running for governor, but. You go back to when the recall of Gray Davis, when Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, won the and became the governor, you had a higher vo- turnout than that, and we had like 150 people on the ballot. Mm, that's right. It, it, this is crazy. I mean, spend if you have a smartphone, you have a computer, you you have friends, talk to people. Figure out what you're going to do, but you got to show up to vote. This is this is insane. So let's say uh, you were still in Congress, and what, as you look at this, what would what discussion would you be having with your staff about these types of numbers? What what where would you start in trying to address this? The the very first thing I would do is is I would go out and start trying to drive up the number of people that turn out to vote. I mean that's that's where you need to start. You know, it, you you need to put together a get out the vote campaign. You need to, you know, when you're walking precincts and and talking to people, you need to uh, encourage people to actually show up to vote. You you need to use your campaign staff and say do you need help do you need a ride to the polls do you need you know what can i do that would increase the the likelihood that you're going to vote and and that whether they would vote for me or not you need to drive up those numbers so that people actually participate in this democracy we can't have a successful government, a successful democracy, if people are so turned off that they don't show up to vote. And and we have to have people do that. And going into November from here, going forward, if I were one of the candidates that is in the general election, I would do everything I possibly could to drive up that vote and get people out there to vote. Because it it doesn't just involve your race. If you're running for Congress or the, you know the the United States Senate, it doesn't just involve your race. It involves 
every race. And, you know, whether you're talking about the Board of Supervisors or City Council, the school board, you need to get people out there. You get, need to get them motivated so they they will turn out to vote. I mean, I like I said, in San Joaquin County, I'm, I'm appalled. I, I can't believe that number is correct, that 5%? turned out to vote that can't be right there has to be more more going on than that i i'm hoping that is the case and uh, we we've had someone call and talked with uh, producer brenda today about the fact that she agrees with our previous caller that uh, the low turnout uh, maybe was because people are just kind of depressed with the whole thing, but she thinks maybe voters will come out in November. I'm hoping that's true. And Richard, I, I like the approach you're you're taking. I think we re- rely so much on technology, and yet it's that at, at least the perception that there's a relationship between you and the candidate. And maybe it comes over, you know, maybe that's not possible because depending on what office you're running for, you can't meet everybody. But at least if there's some sense that, man, this guy or this gal is connecting with me, that there's some sense of a of a relationship, that's, that's powerful. Do you think maybe we're relying too much on technology and, and social media in these campaigns? Well, I, I think part of it is you have to, rely on technology and social media but at the same time you can't that can't be the center of your campaign you still have to be out there and and i would tell every candidate that that is on the ballot every candidate that's still out there get out in every chance you possibly can to to meet people i mean i when i was in office i would be at you know home depot with my my son and people would come up to me and ask me about issues that were that were happening in congress i mean it doesn't matter exactly what you're doing but you need to be out there you need to be out talking to people and explaining why you voted the way you did and or didn't and you know, it, it it's just a matter of of just being a normal person and getting out there. Absolutely. I like that approach. Uh, if you have, by the way, friends, if, if you have a comment or a question, because uh, Richard Pombo, tremendous wealth of experience and knowledge and wisdom over the years, you can uh, call him and uh, talk to him right now, 209-551-3483. If uh, you'd like to amplify on any of the uh, points we've talked about so far, 209 209- Five five one three four eight three. Richard, uh, in the next couple of minutes that we have you, any surprises last night that uh, that you saw in terms of the results so far? Well, I think you know, and we talked about this last night, but I think the Senate District Four was probably the the biggest surprise that that we had locally out of the night um that was not what anybody was expecting but at the same time when you had you know two or three strong republicans in the race and they split up they split up the vote and you had a couple of democrats that 
you know, got about 20% of the vote that ended up in the runoff, or at least that's the way it looks right now. Um, I think that, that that's a, a, a huge win for the Democrat Party, is to be able to, to pick up a district that nobody thought they would. I think that uh, statewide, I think Lonnie Chen that that pulled off a, a, a big victory in the uh, the controller's race. Right. Um, the way it looks right now, I, I, he's the odds-on favorite to to take over as the controller, and if he can if he can hold on to that, you know, for the next. Uh, five months or four and a half months, whatever it is, it's it's going to be a big victory. Yeah, very, very interesting there. Uh, I think he had somewhere, what, 30, 37% and uh, Malia Cohen, a yeah. uh, little over uh, 21% uh, as well. Richard uh, Pombo, Congressman, our guest. Let's go to the phones very quickly. Uh, Jordan from Stanislaus, you have a question for uh, the Congressman? Yes. Well, hi, uh, um, I got a comment about the voter turnout. I myself, I'm very disappointed with all the corruption and everything going on with the voting. I was on the verge of not turning in my ballot uh, last night because even though I voted Republican and I just don't see any change. People get into the office, they promise what they promise, and nothing happens. Or they just come across so many roadblocks that nothing changes. I'm just surprised that they already called who won on, on some of these elections that they haven't even counted everybody's vote. Does that mean our ballots don't count? Are they ended up in a dumpster, burned somewhere this time instead of finding them in a the dumpster? Yeah, now to. Uh, no, it... democracy, democracy is only in the word. I don't see it in the action in America. I'm from the Middle East, and I honestly think that we're heading that way. Yeah, just, just to uh, uh, clarify, uh, the counties have until uh, July 8 uh, to submit their reports to the Secretary of State. And then, Richard, if I'm correct, uh, the certified results will be issued on uh, July 15. So, yeah, what we see now are interim, right? But uh, some of those could change uh, conceivably, right? Jordan, thanks for the call. Good good call. It's very discouraging. Well, don't be be discouraged by that. I mean, as a candidate, I can tell you it's extremely frustrating. But don't be discouraged by it. Uh, you you have to vote. You you absolutely have to get out there to vote and have your voice heard. It, sometimes these races, I get discouraged by them. I get mad about it. I I don't like the way that the system works sometimes. But at the same time, if you turn out to vote and your vote goes in there it makes it harder for them to cheat. The more people that vote, the more people that express their wishes, the harder it is for them to cheat. When you get into a very low voter turnout, it makes it a a lot easier for those that want to commit fraud or those who want to cheat on the ballot. It makes them a lot easier for them to succeed in doing that. 
when you only have races that are separated by a couple hundred votes, it makes it makes it easier for people to take advantage of that. If you turn out to vote and you have your voice heard, it makes it the entire system work better and it makes it easier for for justice to provide. Don't ever think that your vote's not going to count. You have to vote. Jordan, uh, thanks so much for your call. Appreciate that very much. Richard Pombo is our guest, uh, the congressman with a lot of experience, a lot of wisdom gained over the years. We'll be back with him in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. With the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Our guest is Congressman Richard Pombo. And Richard, uh, while we uh, took a little time out there, uh, a listener called, talked to producer Brenda, and said a lot of people that she knows did not vote as Republicans because they felt confused about all the names on the ballot and were discouraged in thinking that their their vote wouldn't make a difference uh, even if they voted. Uh, I, again, I I never shame people. I look for motivation. How you know, can we address that? In and I think you you're making some great points here in terms of why it's critical. Even if we think my vote's not going to count, that we go through the process because it turns out that one vote does count, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it, it absolutely does. And, and let me, let me uh, frame it this way. You may not think that your vote for governor, your uh, an independent or or Republican, and you don't like you don't like Gavin Newsom. You don't think your vote for governor will make a difference, and it may or may not. But if you turn out to vote, your vote for Congress, your vote for the United States Senate, your vote for your local board of supervisors, your vote for your city councilman, your your school board, uh, all of those may make the difference. I mean, I'm looking at at board of supervisor races right now, where there's 60, 80 votes that separate the the top three contenders. So if you don't show up to vote because you don't think it matters for governor, you just sacrifice. A, a board of supervisors race or a city councilman or somebody sitting on your school board. It, even though Gavin Newsom may win, it makes a difference if you turn out to vote because all of these other races it impact your life. They impact your school district. They impact your city. They impact the county that you live in. So you you really have to make the effort to show up to vote because it does make a difference. Don't don't give up. Don't give in. Don't don't sacrifice your voice in in this democracy because you don't think it matters on on who wins the the governor's race or who who wins the 
the Senate race, it makes a difference, and you've got to you've got to participate, or no one's going to pay attention to you. Yeah, I think uh, the opportunity is there. That's well said. Our guest has been Richard Pombo. Uh, Richard, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate that very much. And uh, John from Brentwood, I'm going to ask you to hold if you could. You always have good pearls of wisdom to share with us. Don't want to miss those. So if you don't mind, if you can hang on with us, I'd appreciate that. Coming up uh, after the top of the hour, we'll have news, weather, and traffic, and also Motec Sanchez from 209 Times will be joining us as well, and we'll take John's call at that time as well. Again, Richard Pombo, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, friends, we'll be back with you in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. With even more local news and more local talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome back to our number two of the Mike Douglas Show here on this fine Wednesday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, we've been talking about the primary elections last night, uh, the low voter turnout, uh, Richard Pombo, congressman with us, talking about how to encourage others to vote. We've been exploring reasons why maybe some people are discouraged about voting. A couple themes popping up, one of them being just the the amount of names, for example, for some of the offices, especially, uh, especially governor. We'd like to get your input on that. Uh, the voter turnout, and if you you saw any surprises uh, from yesterday's results, our number here, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Let's go to John from Brentwood, who has been patiently waiting. Hi, John. Welcome. Hey, Mike. Uh, a couple of things. I think the biggest part of it is just voter fatigue of people just especially Republicans turning out to vote and seeing the results over the next couple of days and realizing that maybe less a proposition or two, everything they voted for was on the opposite side of the, the winning totals. And I know that's, it's, it's like that with me. I didn't even invite vote in person this time. I just mailed it in because I'm working. I, I leave the house at four. I don't get home until five o'clock in the afternoon, and I just wasn't going to stop and waste my time and, and do it in person. If my one vote, if they cheated or throw it away or whatever they do with it, it what difference does it make? That's how I feel. We've got Gavin Newsom had 60% of the vote. If you total up all the Republicans, I think it came to like 37%. So there's he the, the Republicans have no chance of, of taking the governorship at all. And like Pombo said, you, know, you might have a chance at a few propositions, maybe a school board member or two. It seems like where I am, I've been voting against Jerry McNerney for half my life, and he's still there. So it's like, what, you know, why even bother is, is, how, is, is how I feel. I'm hoping that in November with the, the low turnout, I'm hoping the low turnout carries through November, especially on the Democrat side, because of, the, the way the Democrats have totally destroyed the country over the last couple of years, maybe they're feeling like, you know, they're, they're they don't want to vote for this or 
maybe we have a chance if we can get some Republicans out to vote in November in California, we might have a chance to, you know, pick up a few things. But other than that, I just don't see it happening. It's just I think it's just voter fatigue. And the other thing is the Republican Party in the state of California needs to figure out what the heck they're doing, because you cannot keep having 13 Republicans running for the same position against five Democrats and expect to end up on the ballot. It's just insane. Just like Mr. Pombo was saying, but the, the one where the two the Republicans were actually favored to win, but there were so many of them, they split the vote, and it's a runoff between two Democrats and a Republican district. The, the Republican Party needs to figure out what the heck they're doing or put somebody else in charge or do something because they, they, they're the biggest part of the problem, I think. And that's about all I got to say on that. Yeah, yeah John, uh, especially your last point. I, I align with you on that. I'm, I'm wondering where where is the direction coming from for the California Republican Party? And I, I don't know offhand uh, who's involved, so this is not a personal thing at all. It's just a frustration I have. And, and as, even as we looked at the, at the recall elections, you get so many Republicans running against each other and and then doing uh, what I call the you know the negative slam jobs on each other and to me that gets really discouraging and I, I'm thinking where where is 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 anybody in the navigator's seat <laughs> is anyone charting a course is anyone pre-planning uh, or or are we just uh, going through the motions so I John I I really resonate with your uh, with your last statement there and uh, I think you're right too a lot of people are just fatigued they're, they're tired and you know you, you kind of have to pump yourself up and say oh okay i'll do it i'll do it but you know th- i'm looking at the results we've had and and, be, and beginning to wonder about it so good good points there john i appreciate that very much have a great day mike all right you too john thanks uh thanks john from uh brentwood uh had uh, someone message us uh, a little bit ago and they were talking about um, the uh, the ballot tracks uh, site where you can track your ballot was not working this morning. And uh, I have just, uh, I've gone on to the state of California. Yeah, it's the same one, california.ballottracks.net backslash voter backslash uh, california.ballottracks.net. And I, it, it's coming up now. I'm very interested in what was happening this morning. Uh, by the way, uh, mine, uh, I, I guess I'm already in their system. I, I did that last time and so did my wife. Uh, we voted personally at about, oh, what was it, 10 in the morning? Somewhere between 9.30 and 10.30, I, I think it was. And uh, at 2.41, 2.41 p.m., I think it was, we got a message from the Stanislaus County uh, Registrar that our votes had been, our ballots had been received. So I, th- I thought that was good. But we'll, we'll keep an eye on that state site. And if any of you are having trouble with uh, your ballots being tracked, we'd like to know about it. Our number here, 209 Eight three as we react to the elections yesterday and uh, talk about the the low voter turnout. Let's go to uh, Gail from Modesto. Hi, Gail. Welcome to the program today. Hello. Good afternoon. I just caught the very tail end of the last 
caller. I just happened to get in my car at the right time. Um, what's going on is your Democrat Party and your Republican Party in California are much one and the same. And it's very deliberate that they put these candidates up. Several years they just ago, they decided not to have any more debates. And then pretty soon you didn't hear any more speeches. Um, we're running really a two-party system that is one in the back room. That is what is going on. Wow, that's interesting. So you're, tell you, you're, you're feeling, Gail, is I, that the Republican Party is kind of gone soft. Could I put it that way? Is that, is that what you're saying? Oh, absolutely. Oh, I, they are they are the same party in the back room. I've been in that back room. I'm probably the longest serving person in Stanislaus County that's alive, I'll say, <laughs> uh, in the Republican Party. And I um, recently decided to go with a Constitution Party and help build that here because the base of the Republican Party has turned largely against ethics. They've turned against one man, one woman marriage, and they are pro-abortion. And the, the National Party does not hold those tenets, but your California Party does. And anybody who bo- box up against that system over the last 38 years that I've been serving in it, they get, they get their tail kicked. And so people are um, discouraged. They're tired of it because when they push that R, they think they are pushing something that is that is right-sided, something that might have a biblical base and an ethical uh, standard, and unfortunately, we're not getting that. So what we do is we run a bunch of people, and we make it so that our, our crony on either side wins, and in the back room, those corporations pay for those elections, they pay for those signs. They pay for all the goodies, and they wine and dine you for the next four years. You can't lose if you're running in California. Well, that's interesting uh, insider information uh, from Gail. Gail, thanks for the call. That's uh, that's great food for thought, and uh, interesting that you uh, mentioned the money, that uh, money talks, right? Follow the dollar. Gail, I've got some other callers we need to get to. Thanks so much for weighing in today. Appreciate that very much. Gail from Modesto, some thought-provoking issues there. Our number here, 209-551-3483. Let's go down to series, uh, down the road a piece to Richard. Hi, Richard. Welcome. What's on your mind today? Um, I just had a little different perspective on uh, primary votes. I'm I'm thinking that maybe low voter turnout for the primaries is a good thing. We have a lot of good candidates, but the people that really study these people are the ones that really got out there and voted for our candidate. But then when it comes to the general election, I think we need to get out there and swarm the polls. That's an interesting point, Richard. So you're you're thinking that uh, it required a lot of research to cast an intelligent vote, and maybe that's uh, that's why there were so few. But uh, maybe the midterms coming up in November will be a slightly different dynamic. Yes, sir. Because um, if people just go to the vote polls and vote right now, like in this primary especially and they're not knowledgeable about what they're doing, they're, they're just 
probably going to go by name recognition or or punch any Republican, you know. That's what I'm thinking. All right, Richard uh, from Ceres, thanks so much for your call. Appreciate that. Uh, we'll be back in three minutes. We'll take uh, Wayne's, uh, Dwayne's call from uh, Houston. And then uh, joining us as well will be Motec Sanchez from 209 Times. Very interesting website that he has. We'll get some insights into that. Gives his insights into what's happening in San Joaquin County as well. Again, Dwayne from uh, Houston, hang in there. We'll be with you in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power. Talk 1360 KFIV. On air and online, take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this Wednesday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Thank you so much for joining us, talking about our reactions to the election yesterday, the primaries. We've been talking about low voter turnout. We've been talking about where's the direction for parties? Are they going soft on some issues? We've been talking about motivations to vote. Well, let's uh, go back to the phones now, 209-551-3483. And uh, Dwayne from Houston, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Dwayne? Well, good afternoon, Mike. Uh, Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I think name recognition is a very important key that I know my wife and I went through the ballots two days ago and didn't recognize half the names on the ballot even though they have an R behind their name. Uh, But somebody like Richard Pombo, I think uh, he ought to throw his hat into the ring for the next election cycle for governor, that we need somebody like him who's a real human being with name recognition. Uh, I know personally the U.S. Senate races, I didn't recognize most of those names either and just had to go eeny, meeny, miny, moe pretty much. Uh, But thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Dwayne from Houston, thanks for your call. Appreciate that. And I I think uh, one of the dynamics that we've been talking about with Congressman uh, Pombo a a bit ago is that connection that voters feel with the candidates. And when there isn't that connection, when there's not some kind of relationship, although it may not be personal, uh, if there's not some type of name recognition and connection, yeah, the voter turnout, uh, the voter turnout suffers. On the line now with us, uh, Motek Sanchez. He is the founder and at the helm of the 209 Times. Did a fantastic job for us last night as we uh, were analyzing what was happening. Uh, Motek, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Hello, how are you? I'm doing well, uh, and you survived the night. Thanks for coming back today. Uh, let, let's take a quick look at what's happening in in San Joaquin County of, of great interest. Uh, Motek is uh, obviously the the issue of the the DA uh, for your county. There, can you bring us up to date on what's happening with that race and the status of it? Yeah, so the most recent numbers are showing that the contender, uh, Ron Freitas, has a nearly 10 percentage point lead over the eight-year incumbent, Tory Berber Salazar, who was part of the trio known as the Prosecutors Alliance that included George Gascon in Los Angeles and uh, Chesa Booting in San Francisco, who also was successfully recalled last night. So the 
wave of backlash with uh, those efforts and, and that style of uh, quote-unquote restorative justice seems to continue being rejected by the voters as these areas become more uh, challenged with, with uh, crime and, and big cases of violent crime that, that have increased in, in the areas over the last few years. Motek has, and, and you've got your thumb on the pulse of San Joaquin County. Uh, what what are what's going through the minds of law enforcement in the county? Are they feeling discouraged uh, with uh, the current DA, uh, River Salazar? Is is what's their reaction? Where are they at with all of this right now? Well, I talked to some police officers personally, and uh, there seems to be a common sentiment that they were not uh, happy with her job performance. Uh, A lot of them were frustrated that their efforts at uh, making arrests of, uh, you know, transients breaking into businesses or, uh, uh, you know, issues that were plaguing the community and quality of life and and theft uh, at retail stores and and assaults that they were not being prosecuted by the district attorney. And so their frustration was shared with me that they felt really they were doing their jobs to uh, no avail in, in regards to helping the crime rates and, and bringing some, um, uh, you know, improvement and, and progress to the community. And I think that was uh, also supported by uh, Tory Berber Salazar's own uh, assistant DAs that, that had a, a no, a vote of no confidence of, of her leadership by a uh, percentage of 87% with a vote that was taken um, by her assistant DA. So I think it was pretty much across the board that all law enforcement groups in San Joaquin County uh, agreed that Tory Berber was not doing too great of a job in the position of district attorney uh, for the last eight years. And it's a shame because she really had a, such a great opportunity, but uh, you know, whether it was the promise of a higher office or, or thinking that she was going to go along with this prosecutor's alliance and that some progress was going to be made. Uh, and I think they were thinking a little bit too much out of the box and maybe had some good intentions at first, but some of their ideas just became uh, nonsensical and, and did not jive well with the realities by which, you know, cities like Stockton or San Francisco or Los Angeles are being faced with on a daily basis. Otek Sanchez, our our guest, and as you mentioned last night, one of the big burners for people right now in San Joaquin County is the homeless issue, and and along with that, the safety and and health issues as well. I would imagine that that's all connected with law enforcement and and, uh, the DA and and leadership in in terms of addressing that issue. Uh, Do you think people are, are discouraged by that, or do they think maybe by casting my vote we can make a difference here and, and see a change come i think that's actually been one of the motivators people are you know tired of seeing homeless uh, transient camps take over public street corners or uh news headlines of specifically in san joaquin county with with the delta waterways becoming uh, poisoned with uh levels of e coli that are that are uh, at poisonous levels um, I think all of that, you know, freeways catching on fire on a regular basis, businesses catching on fire, uh, firefighter captain uh, earlier this year being uh, killed uh, 
um, in the process of responding to a fire that was uh, set by by transient um, at, at a local business. And so all of these issues, I, I think, have uh, added to this atmosphere that uh, there's there's frustration, and I sure. think the frustration is what drove the voters to the polls yesterday yeah. in San Joaquin County. Absolutely. Motek Sanchez, our guest, uh, we'll be talking to him in another five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we navigate through the issues that affect you and me directly here in California's Central Valley. Our number here, 209-551-3483. We've been talking about voter turnout, talking about the issues, a couple of surprises that we saw, uh, the fact that many people were discouraged by so many names on the ballot, and why and how we can encourage people to participate in the voting process. On the line with us is Motek Sanchez from 209 Times. And before we go on, Motek, you have a highly interesting and engaging website there. Can you talk talk a bit about that and, and uh, what it's doing, uh, how it's attracting people, what you're doing with news in a very creative way? Yes, we've been around for going on six years now, and we've really revolutionized the way that uh, the community is informed and updated and news is delivered in the community. Um, And this is the third election cycle now that uh, the candidates and elected officials we've educated the community on, we've seen the community respond um, in kind as far as – elected officials and incumbents that were removed and replaced from office and uh, new uh, or, or returned to office or new candidates that were put in office. And so uh, we've definitely seen, the community has seen the effects of the more they're educated. Uh, I heard the caller previously talking about um, awareness to voters and education of voters on who these candidates are. And I feel that we are definitely accomplishing that. Um, as well as informing people about important matters in the community that are relevant to them. And so we've definitely seen the fruits of that with uh, better decisions being made at the polls um, and some of the changes in policy that have taken place now that we have better representation with the more educated populace. We average millions of uh, engagements and impressions uh, weekly on on Facebook, uh, Instagram, um, as well as our website, uh, 209times.com. So it, it's really interesting to be part of it um, in the eye of the storm, so to speak, but mm-hmm. also kind of just looking at it from a community member. It's definitely been uh, phenomenal to see the results that it's had uh, and the the amount of community participation that it's motivated. Motek Sanchez, our, our guest, and again, you have your finger not only on the pulse of San Joaquin County, but you're also, you've are also you also expanded up into the 916 area code, right? Yes, yeah, so we have 916 times that focuses on the Sacramento region, and we also have 213 times, which is one of the 
several area codes down in Los Angeles covering Southern California. Our guest, Motek Sanchez, uh, the founder and at the helm of 209 Times, also expanding uh, to other areas as well. Getting back to the elections yesterday, Motek, any, anything that surprised you at all? Anything that uh, you said, wow, that, that came out of left field? Anything that uh, caught your attention from last night's results so far? No, I would, I would say so far everything looks, to be going as expected um there are some still uh, close races so i I don't believe that they've processed all of the provisional ballots and we're waiting for the the votes to be finalized Um, but there are a lot of close races that are separated by less than 100 votes that can make a difference between who is in a runoff or not um one of the things that was surprising uh wasn't San Joaquin County Supervisor District 4 to see that Steve Moore, the former sheriff who was the sheriff for 12 years um, and who was really one of the first elected officials we began uh, exposing to the community as far as some of the things that were being done improper in his office. Uh, he came in sixth place out of six candidates in that race uh, despite being the sheriff for 12 years. So that was really surprising. Um, to see, we didn't think that he would he would uh, come in first place, of course, but to see him come in last place in that race was uh, definitely surprising. Well, name recognition is important uh, depending on what the name is known for, I guess, right? And in, in that particular case, and, and information Correct. is so uh, the information flow is so important to folks, isn't it? Yes, most definitely. It's, it's really become revolutionary when access to information, especially with today's modern-day technology, has, has really, uh, I would say, increased um, democracy and, and the way that um, groups that don't have, like, like us, we don't have millions of dollars of funding um, to, to be able to inform the community or look up court documents or attend city council meetings and broadcast these meetings to the public in mass that previously you would just have gatekeepers and uh, mainstream newspapers that would be the stakeholders that would, uh, you know, disseminate the information and, and put their bias or their spin on it because whether they want to believe it or, or admit to it or not, all media is biased. There's those who, who admit to it and the rest don't. Well, I think that that is a salient point, Motek, and and I, I, a lot of media will not admit to that. We all have filters, and and it's it's good to uh, say what our filters are. You know, even even and I often use the illustration in a football game. You know, when there's a, a penalty called and they're not sure if it was a righteous call or not, if the flag should have been thrown, they don't just look at one camera. They have to look at many, many cameras because even just one camera only has one perspective. And so I, I just want to underline that. Absolutely, we we need to be able to say, listen, this, this is the filter I'm using. This is the perspective I'm coming from. But, and I, I'm not sure we are doing this well across the board, Motek, and that is being willing to listen to each other and just listen and take it in and acknowledge okay, that's your perspective in, instead of immediately putting up our filters and uh, mounting an instantaneous defense. I think that's, I think we're reaping uh, the bad harvest of, of that type of an attitude. 
I, I agree with that. And I, I see, you know, as technology is becoming more and more present in our lives and um, ventures like two and nine times spread or our influence, our influence spreads or, or becomes more part of a uh, uh, normal American life. I, I think it's going to be um, more common uh, as part of our democracy and as well in the way it affects the electorate and how voters educate, uh, excuse me, how candidates educate and reach out to voters. Um, I think it, it really is going to uh, spread more um, because we've seen the benefit of it. The, maybe some of the interest groups on the other end um, may not agree with that because they've been on the losing end of that. Um, and so obviously they have their perspective, but I think better the, the majority of San Joaquin and, and uh, the Central Valley in, in particular, including Stanislaus County and Merced, they, they have seen and are starting to see more of the benefits of being more informed. Absolutely. Uh, before I let you go, uh, Motake, we talked yesterday about the fact that there, there were a few glitches in the processing of, of ballots yesterday. Can you brief us on what happened there? And, uh, of course, as, as we know, tragically, the uh, clerk recorder, who I think had only been on, on duty for maybe six months or so, tragically uh, died suddenly on, on Saturday, I think it was. And so uh, her assistant then has to take over. Um, and, and, of course, uh, I, I'm sure that is going to have some bumps just because of that. But talk about uh, the processing of ballots yesterday and and uh, how that's been resolved. Yes, yeah, so to our understanding and what we saw in a memo that was sent to the County Board of Supervisors, they there was uh, roughly between 25 to 30 percent of the mail-in ballots that were coming in that were being rejected by the machines because of the way the barcodes were printed. Uh, they were blurry um, and not being read properly by the scanner. So those had to be uh, manually counted. Um, but that process is still going. There are observers on site to ensure the integrity of the process. And we haven't received any complaints as far as anything being done to uh, jeopardize the integrity of the election so far. Very good. Motek Sanchez, our guest, thanks so much for joining us uh, last night as well as today. And and uh, we'll look forward. Hopefully you can join us again as, uh, as we approach November 8 and uh, the midterms then. Motek, again, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate your input. Sounds great. Anytime. Always a pleasure. Okay. Motek Sanchez, uh, thank you so much for uh, for joining us today. We'll continue uh, to talk about the election, your impressions, uh, your thoughts maybe about uh, low voter turnout. We've heard a lot of people talking about the fact too many names and getting discouraged just by by the mass of, of names on the ballot. We've also talked about the issue of, of uh, for example, in, in the Republican Party, Party, having so many Republicans running for one office that in this type of a primary system, it really split the vote. And where is some coordination? Where Where's the vision? Where's the strategy to make things happen? We'll continue that conversation in three minutes here on The Mike Douglas Show, 209-551-3483, our number 209 209- Five five one three four eight three. We'll be back in three minutes here on Power Talk thirteen sixty KFIV. 
You're listening to The Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the Valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to The Mike Douglas Show here on this Wednesday afternoon, uh, the day after the primaries here in California. Uh, Thank you so much for your input today. We appreciate that. Our phone number 209-551-3483. What are your thoughts about this knucklehead, that's a theological term, this knucklehead uh, who was arrested being near Justice Kavanaugh's home. Apparently, the man was armed with a handgun, knife, and pepper spray, and he was arrested near, not at Justice Kavanaugh's home, but near it, and he told police he was there to kill Justice Kavanaugh. He's reportedly from California. Wonderful. And get it and arrived by taxi. So he's armed with a handgun, knife, and pepper spray, at least, it, traveling by taxi. Who does that by taxi? Unbelievable. I, uh, anyway, it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm discouraged because we're seeing evil just manifest itself so openly these days. I don't, I've been around for a couple of decades now. I don't ever remember Supreme Court justices being threatened. I may have missed, missed one of those along the way. Do you remember that? I, obviously, we've seen assassinations of civil rights leaders, of presidents, of presidential candidates. Tragic, unthinkable. But here we go again, you know, with this type of release of, of evil, I, I think, you know, people, so many politicians make fun of praying, but uh, I'm going to put my pastor hat on. I think we need to pray for the restraint of evil in our country and uh, pray for the protection of our leaders, all of them. And I, I just, uh, I just feel that that we've created the uh, the foundation for this type of thing to flourish. As you think about the support of of riots, as you as you watch people breaking into businesses and stealing and keeping track of their totals that they're stealing, so it's not more than nine hundred and fifty dollars or whatever it is. This uh, this is an unleashing of lawlessness. And it, more laws aren't going to help. What might help? How about not demeaning the police? How about not cutting back on their budgets? How about complimenting the police? Yeah, deal with the issues when they're there. There are always issues in any industry, in any public service. Deal with them when they're there. But we have had a season of demeaning the police across the mass media and jumping to conclusions. Are there some bad apples? Yes, and they need to be dealt with. I can tell you, having been in law enforcement a long time ago, cops don't really tolerate bad cops. And uh, so I I think in, in a way... Our culture has created a uh, a foundation for this to occur, and and we need to uh, we need to reverse that in our rhetoric, and we need to reverse that in terms of expressing our support for law enforcement, our in our, our support for the law, uh, and I, I think yesterday was a big statement in San Francisco. 
as they voted to oust to recall Chesa Bodine, their district attorney. People have had it. The question is, are DAs across the country listening? Is George Gascon listening? Or, or are we just putting up our, our defenses automatically? Uh, I think it's so important to listen to what people are saying. For San Francisco, for goodness sakes, to recall a very progressive DA, that says something. I'm not beating up on him. I'm saying his record shows that people were unhappy with it. George Goscone, uh, that that recall effort still in progress. And uh, there are some, I saw a uh, a poll this morning, I think it was from Long Beach, may, maybe, where 40% of the people there were in favor of a recall. I may have the percentages wrong there. But I, I think people are, are growing bolder in saying, no, we need to stand for truth. We need to stand for common sense and uh, and really confront what's happening and and for politicians to listen to listen to what their constituents are saying and i'm 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 getting very weary myself of well let's have a hearing that that'll solve it i don't think so we got about a a minute left in the program here let's go very quickly to mike from manteca mike got about a minute here Uh, what's on your mind Quick comment, Mike. I was listening, and you were talking about this guy who went after uh, Justice Kavanaugh in a taxi cab with a loaded with a gun and a knife and pepper spray. And if you look at what uh, you were talking about, demonizing the police, and and of course, uh, so was uh, so was Justice Kavanaugh when he went through that hearing to be nominated for the. Uh, justice job he was demonized in the public square i mean it, it yep. and and maybe these knuckleheads get these ideas that they're helping society out you know uh contributing to the purge for instance you know and they get these whacked out ideas in their head about this is an evil person so i'm going to stop out evil but it it, it can get confused in the mind of a confused person you know that that yes. was my only comment yeah, I mean, great. He, he was taken through the calls. Absolutely. So badly, you know. Great, great observation, Mike. I got to run. Thanks so much for your comment. I think you've got some great wisdom there. All right, my friends, uh, we will see you tomorrow, 3 to 5 p.m. here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Trevor Carey coming up. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Have a great night.